Happy Sabbath, everyone. Jesus performed uh, many miracles in his life, and some people, it says, they believed because of those miracles. Some people, though, they were just sort of there for the spectacle of it. Uh, They would hear about this guy doing amazing things, and they would, ah, yeah, I am interested in, in hearing what's going on there. Throughout Jesus' life, he healed the sick, he stopped the storms, he gave sight to the blind, uh, he threw out evil spirits, and he even raised people from the dead. There was a wedding early on in his uh, ministry, uh, the wedding in Cana, and they, oh, they ran out of wine. And yeah, his mom came to him and said, something has to be done. And he said, my time has not yet come. It's not time. Okay, so we have miracles that were going to be performed, and at this point in time, it was not, he was not ready to reveal himself. Uh, he does do something at that wedding, as we all know, and the disciples see it, and they believe in who he is because of it. So clearly, miracles were going to be part of Jesus' ministry. It was part of God's plan and sending him there, and it was going to be part of his ministry. There was a purpose to those miracles. But Jesus also... Um, didn't want people to come to him just because of those miracles. Or or another way to think about it is, is that he didn't want people just there to see something spectacular. It was more than just an interest story. That's He was doing something more in, in his life. I'd like to read two scriptures today, and uh, I just want you to listen because we, we'll, we'll analyze them a little bit. And we'll, we'll talk about these two today. Uh, the first one starts off like this. Then some of the scribes and Pharisees answered him, saying, Teacher, we wish to see a sign from you. But he answered them, An evil and adulterous generation seeks a sign, but no sign will be given except the sign of the prophet Jonah. Okay, we're all familiar with that with that scripture. That's in Matthew 12, uh, verses 38 and 39. Okay, the next one I'd like to read. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails and the place, and place my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand at his side, I will never believe. Was Thomas asking for a sign? What's going on here? What makes what the Pharisees were asking for different than what Thomas was asking for. Let's consider a little bit about the life of Thomas. Oh, we could read, uh, Thomas is mentioned throughout the Gospels, but we read mostly uh, about his life in uh, the book of John. And when Jesus was going to heal Lazarus, uh, we know, you know, some of the young folks learned about Lazarus today in Sabbath school. Uh, the disciples warned that, hey, the Jews are, they're out to get you. They want to stone you. And so most of his disciples were like, no, no, we can't, you can't go there. They're, look, they're seeking after you. And it was Thomas who said, let us go, that may, we may die with him. Doesn't sound very doubting to me. This is a very bold and, and faithful statement on his part. When everyone else was trying to stop him, it was not Thomas. Thomas had something in him that said, no, we can go. We'll die with him. Jesus tells his followers at one point, when everything is ready, I will come to you so that you will always be with me 
where I am, and you know the way where I am going. And Thomas, he speaks up and says, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? You know, when I read, when I read through this and I hear, you know, Jesus spoke in parables and there were a lot of times I wonder if the, if the disciples were like, okay, I think I know what he's talking about. Maybe, maybe not. But Thomas, he was like, hey, you know what? I don't know. <laughs> where are you going and how are we going to get there? You know, you can, I can read the eagerness in his, in his statement there. He spoke up. He was not afraid. He was not afraid. He's like, okay, do these other guys know? He spoke up. He was listening to Jesus, and he was there right along with him, and he wanted to understand. And he was going to fill that gap of his understanding by speaking up and asking. Now, another thing we know about Thomas is that he was one of the disciples. After Jesus died, he went fishing. So there's a good picture of Thomas, okay? Did it seem like Thomas was just a guy who only believes in what he sees? I guess you could you could interpret that. Or was there something else to his life? When the Pharisees asked for a sign from Jesus, he rebukes them. He speaks quite negatively about their, about their asking for a sign. He calls them evil and adulterous. That's, you know, that's not just like, hey, guys, like, you know, you shouldn't be asking for that. Evil and adulterous. I mean, that's, you know, he said something about their character. He said something about something that's deep inside them. An evil and adulterous generation asks for a sign. Those are powerful words. Let's go to John 2. <clears throat> John 2. This is actually the scripture that made me think about this uh, message today. John 2, and we'll read in verse uh, 23. I have an ESV, so if it sounds a little bit different, that's, that's why. Uh, it says here in verse 23, Now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover feast, many believed in his name when they saw the signs he was doing. But Jesus, on his part, did not entrust himself to them, because he knew all people. And he needed no one to bear witness about man, for he himself knew what was in man. Looking back on Jesus' ministry, we see thousands who were taught by him. Some people were moved in action when they saw miracles. They witnessed fantastic things that he did. And Jesus knew what was in their hearts, for better or for worse. He knew what was in their hearts when they reacted to his teaching or his miracles. In this instance, he understood the depth of those who were believing and why they were believing. Jesus did not need to be told about man, what's in their hearts. He knew. He knew all men. Jesus could look to the pe- at the people around him and know, I see that you're, you're making some moves that seem to be good on the outside, but I can't entrust myself with you. At this point, you know, we were in John 2, you know, Jesus hadn't done very many miracles. He called his disciples. He knew that those around him uh, were not there to really have their hearts changed. They were, you know, like those nosy neighbors that we have. They were looking around, and they were saying, oh, something fantastic has happened. The police are down the road. I need to find out what's going on. <laughs> yeah, they heard something was going on, and they were interested. When the Pharisees asked Jesus, he rebuked them. 
But what was Jesus' reaction when Thomas said, you know, I'm not going to believe until I see it for myself? It was quite different. Let's go back to John 20. John 20. I read the first part of this at the beginning. John 20, verse 26. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. A miracle, right? Just shows up here. Verse 27. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands, and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. John 2, we read, Jesus knew all people. Jesus knew Thomas. He knew Thomas. He knew Thomas wasn't with the rest of them when he appeared before. Jesus knew Thomas wasn't there. When Thomas said, I won't believe, I won't believe. But also, Jesus didn't call him an unfaithful man. He called real people that he knew their hearts who he was working with. And what Jesus did is he went right to him and he held out his hands so that he could see. Didn't call him evil. Didn't call him adulterous. He held out his hands. You ever asked God for a miracle? I have. I've asked God for a miracle. I've asked him, you know, in prayer. You know, show me. I've even <laughs> hidden the fact in my own mind. I hid the fact that I was asking for a miracle. I said, you know, show me your power in this instance. <laughs> you know, I'm asking for a miracle. And if I really think about it, when you're when we're on our hands and when we're on our knees and we're asking for that, you know, it's it's more than just the sign. I think that we're asking for. We're saying, God, are you here with me? Are you with me? Because I don't want to be alone right now. I think that's what we're asking when we ask for a sign. When we have a heart, we're, we're trying to be like God, and we're trying to put on faith, and we're trying to understand you know, the things that God is testing us with. When we ask for a miracle, I don't think we're asking to see a sign. I think we just want to know that we're not alone. I was, you know, when I've asked for a miracle, and I don't think you have either, you know, you're not saying, I'm not going to believe unless you do this thing, like the Pharisees were. It's quite different, isn't it? In a moment of a weakened state, we just want to know God's there. So put yourself in Thomas's shoes. For three and a half years, you know, you're learning from this teacher. He's speaking things that make so much sense. You're seeing miraculous events happen. You know, you're seeing dead people being raised. You know, you have, he's, he's giving you this vision of the kingdom that's going to come. And he dies. He felt lost. And I think Jesus knew that. And he came right to him. And he held out his hands. And he told him to believe. I'm right here. Jesus knows what's in man. He knows what's inside you and me. He knows what's in the most, in the heart of the most evil person, and he knows what's in the heart of the most faithful person. 
When Jesus encountered the Pharisees, he knew what their motive was. He knew. And he also knew Thomas. Even through our weakened state, God knows you and me to our very core. The story of Thomas is a story about our compassionate God walking over and giving a man exactly what he needs in a time of weakness.